0: Hi, my name is Joe Titino. I'm the play by play announcer for the Los Angeles Galaxy, and you're listening to Via's podcast. (laughs)
1: Hola well, amigos de Pancho Villa's Army su Sargento back with another episode of Villa's Podcast, episode 67. And along with me um, is, of course, my co-host. Because guess what? Our ratings, um, I mean, every time I get I invite her, uh, things just go crazy. Everybody's like, you know, wanting to send her flowers and Uh, I don't know what's going on. She's just making us popular here, but give it up for my amazing co-host, Gabi, back by popular demand. Welcome, Gabi.
2: Hi, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me again. My friend, my brother from another mother. How are you today?
1: I am great, my sister from another mister. Um, And um, it's it's great having you here today because, you know, again, with Gabi's connections and her, just her ability to network and, you know, I don't know, I just can't say enough. Uh we, we came up she reached out to me like, Hey, you know what? Um wouldn't it be cool if we can get um the play by play voice of the LA Galaxy? And I'm like, Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, how are we gonna make Amazing. that happen? And she's like, yeah. well, you No, know, I kinda happen to know, like, you know Let me I make happen- a call. <laughs> like let me make a call let me get let me let me get my 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 sources here um and you made it happen so i don't want to waste any time because we're gonna do a lot we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about uh, you know use up the whole time so just gonna stop talking here let's introduce our guest here the play by plays, the voice of the la galaxy joe tutino joe welcome to the podcast thanks
0: for having me i appreciate being part of the podcast
1: (laughs) well joe thanks again um you know, we're excited to have you because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we see, we hear you, we watch all these uh, play-by-play announcers, these, um, you know, just uh, individuals that we look up to, right? We hear you, you know, in, in the matches, um, and it's cool to get to know you, right, and, and get get to know your story a little bit. Um, so welcome, and if you don't mind, tell us just a little bit uh, introduction about your history, your journey. How did you end up becoming the play-by-play voice of the Galaxy?
0: Well, it's it's. I guess it starts off in high school where I realized that I was not going to take my athletic ability uh, any further than that, and uh, I wanted to be part of sports in my career, and uh, decided that I was going to go into sports journalism. I was the school uh, sports editor. I had my own column. I talked a little trash on that as well. And when I got out of high school, I wasn't getting the answers that I wanted from the universities or the or the uh, community colleges, because I want to take the straight route, and I wasn't interested in in going into uh, other uh, topics of my schooling. And so I saw a commercial for what was Columbia School of Broadcasting, and it had a school in San Diego, my hometown, and the main school was out of Hollywood. And so I decided, you know what, I'll I'll go that direction. Uh, My family wasn't very happy about it, but uh, I did, and... uh, I just uh, have always been somewhat of a pain in the butt, somewhat relentless in in my personality. And and while I was going to school, I picked up three internships and along the way got hired uh, by the the station that I ended up working for for about 13 years and we became the first all sports station on the West Coast. And back then there was WFAN out of New York, uh, there was a station out of Philadelphia. And uh, we became the first on the West Coast and the first 24-hour sports station on the West Coast. And that became known as Extra Sports 690. And uh, that kind of began things for me. And soccer was always part of my love. I was a soccer player. Um, you know, My parents are from Italy. I'm an Italian-American. And so soccer has always been in my blood. And, and even though I was a soccer player, I was obese uh, most of my life. And uh, that was about as far as I was going to go. And so so I was interning for a soccer team in San Diego as well. As part of my internship, after setting up the press box, they allowed me to announce games into a tape deck. And so I was able to cut my teeth that way, uh, up high in a sports arena doing indoor soccer at the time because we had no outdoor league. Um, I was broadcasting games that way. And, and eventually what happened was I got hired was the voice of the Anaheim Splash in the early 90s. Still no Major League Soccer at that time. <laughs> and uh, come Major League Soccer, there was a uh, Fox Sports World was around and I was able to get my butt in there and uh, working with a gentleman by the name of Ricky Davis, a National Soccer Hall of Famer here in the United States who maybe longtime fans will remember him. He played with the New York Cosmos Uh, Same team that was, Pelé was on the club, Beckenbauer Beckenbauer was on the club, Kinalia, all those guys. So, ultimately, I was doing Coppa Italia for Fox Sports World. I was doing the Anaheim Splash. I was running the sports station at that point. I became the executive producer of the sports station. I was 22 years old. I was teamed with a guy named Jim Rome, and we created a a national network, the Jim Rome Show. And uh, I was the original producer of that show, and... And uh, we just keep on working. And when Major League Soccer came about, again, I was knocking on the door from day one. And finally, the owners gave me an opportunity. The opportunity was to be the public address announcer for the very first Major League Soccer match, the LA Galaxy versus the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. And about 70,000 people showed up. They expected 28,000. And they started pulling tarps off the seats in order to fill the the Rose Bowl at that time. And and I was the public address announcer there. And from there, the opportunities kept coming, and I kept knocking on doors until I became the full-time play-by-play announcer of the LA Galaxy on the English side.
1: So I think the biggest thing, I I mean, again, amazing journey. Thank you for that, Joe. Um, You mentioned the word relentless. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell me what that looked like? What do you mean by relentless? Were you just basically constantly calling them... Uh, leaving voicemails or what what does what relentless look like in the world of Joe to get to where you were to get the foot in the door right get that yeah that...
0: It's,
1: it's constant
0: phone calls I think my history starts out as a sports producer and uh and one of the things about me and, and it and it picked up the nickname bulldog was the fact that I would keep coming at you and uh, <laughs> in, in, in a respectful way but at some point if you're not Taking
2: coming notes. On, I'm taking notes right
0: now. If you're not coming on our show today, you'll come on our show tomorrow. And eventually that's how things work for us. And I was never afraid to make phone calls. And if I'm going to try to improve myself, I'm going to keep on calling the people that can hire me. And in my case, instead of calling PR people, I was calling the owners of the galaxy. And uh, at that point, a gentleman by the name of Danny Villanueva was a part owner of the galaxy, but also the club's general manager. And eventually I think he just said, okay, I'll, give okay. you a, I'll, let you, I'll let you do this public address. And um, from there, it became a talk show uh, on my station, 97 and 98. It was Galaxy Talk. We still had no English play-by-play for the LA Galaxy at that time. Uh, it was spot television for the LA Galaxy, maybe five to ten games at most. But come 1999, I was allowed to be a full-time play-by-play announcer for the Galaxy, and the talk show kind of went away at that point which was which was great because I got into this business because I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer of soccer now at that time I was thinking maybe my team in San Diego would survive and they didn't and and so the LA Galaxy were the next best thing and fortunately for <laughs> me they ended up becoming blue and gold which was my favorite team's colors
1: nice <laughs> nice child, that is that oh. is amazing. That is amazing. Well, again, also, I mean, yeah, it's something to celebrate too. Recently, Joe, I mean, uh, Italy won uh, yeah. the Euro Cup, right? So, uh, again, another great, great, great news for you and everything, you know, and and all that. So, um, Gabi, any questions for Joe regarding the? I, I like the bulldog. That's crazy, man. I love that. I mean, that's thing that maybe we can take as as we're developing our podcast is have that we're gonna we, we say Spoiler! the bulldog. The bulldog mentality, you know, like bulldog Actually. mentality. We have, we want like guests, if we want to continue to do that, we got, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna channel the Joe Totino bulldog mentality.
2: We're gonna say that, <laughs> we're gonna use that. We're uh, we're channeling our inner Joes right I now. Know, <laughs> I don't know that right guests
0: will do well with a nickname of Bulldog, to tell you the truth. <laughs> we gotta come up with another name. <laughs> gotta come up with something else.
2: Okay, we'll get, think about get,
0: that. a dog somewhere. Yeah, okay. right.
2: I'll think about that. Hey, Joe, so do you remember that first game?
0: The Elba Galaxy game?
2: Yeah, the first one you had to do uh, the job for, like the uh, first well, play. Do you remember? Public address. Well, or
0: the-, the public address one, the very first MLS game, yeah. I remember very well. Uh, in the fact that you know, I got up to the Rose Bowl, went into the public address booth. Uh, again, Mr. Vienna, Way he's sitting right next to me. So yeah. I'm asking them. Well, what do you expect tonight? You know, this back then, Major League Soccer had tarped off the stadiums because they were so big. Rose Bowl fits, yeah, you know, it's nearly hundred thousand people, and uh, they tarped them off to to a size that they thought would be proper. They mm-hmm. thought it'd be about thirty thousand people that would show up for the opening night, and these tarps had some type of um, uh, they had some artwork on them. They were they were kind of peach, but they would like like had some soccer artwork on there. Somebody probably kicking a ball or something like that. And he goes, "Yeah, we, we expect about thirty thousand tonight." And I said, "Okay, well, great. Hey, thirty thousand will look good uh, in terms of the tarps and so forth." And and as as the gates opened up and the fans are coming in, suddenly we're seeing the ushers starting to pull the tarps off certain sections. Yeah. Well, so many people were coming in so quickly that there were not enough ushers to do so. So the fans started pulling the tarps off the seats as well. And we were just looking at each other because I thought first maybe somebody's doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to pull tarps off. You're supposed to go to your seat, right? Your assigned seat. So we weren't sure what was happening. Lo and behold, as we're getting closer to the game time, we're, we're understanding there's a lot of people outside waiting to get in and um, my understanding is that there are thousands of people did not get into the game uh, unfortunately and were waiting for tickets and so forth and it was quite a story 69,253 or something like that oh wow in 1996 and um, you know from there I mean you know the club had a great start they won their first 12 games Uh, they ended up going to the championship game Uh, Unfortunately for them in 96, I mean, they were up two nothing with 20 minutes to go. It was a monsoon in New England is where the game was being played. And uh, they blew the lead and uh, they ended up losing three to two. And uh, unfortunately for the Galaxy, well, they got back to the the title game in 1999 and 2001. And 99 was my first year calling a final for them. They lost those other two. And then and then in 2002, they got their first championship. And um, from there, things just continued to roll on to a new stadium, to yeah. uh, another title in 2005, to David Beckham. And that changed the whole league in the United States and, and brought a huge spotlight uh, to, the, to the sport in this country. And, you know, David really opened the door for talented people, talented mm-hmm. players and yeah. name players to come into the league.
1: So just just to be clear, just for a lot of our fans, I know they, they probably know this, but just to be clear, right? The public announcer is pretty much the 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 person who just talks about the the you know they go, hey, today's, um you know, uh, capacity or whatever attendance right. was this much, um you know whatever right? When when a substitution welcome would happen, stadium,
0: uh, he gives the he or she will give the lineups. He will welcome the teams out. He will announce the referees, and usually they shut up when the game gets underway. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's thank you for reminding me on this night, though, again, Danny Wave is sitting right next to me and he says to me, I want you to read these liners, these these uh, public address um, moments every five minutes. So this moment of the match is brought to you by Budweiser, the mm. king of beers and all the other whatever yeah. they had there, which, you know, that was happening throughout the contest. Uh, and that's not normal. And so one of the write ups, there was a famous uh, columnist that was there for the L.A. Times, Mr. Alan Malamud, uh, who is watching down now upon us. He goes, everything was great, but the public address <laughs> announcer never shut up.
1: <laughs> and
0: it was my fault. He wanted he wanted me to continue to go. And um, I knew Alan very well. And, and I let him know we got a laugh out of it. But, you know, being a 26 year old kid. The last thing you want to do is be, you know, give that type of impression. But uh, it is what it is, and it got me opportunity after opportunity, and, and I'm very fortunate.
1: Well, I think that helped you with the practice, right, to get you eventually to play by play. And I think you did it before, right, with uh, uh, with the other team. Was it the Anaheim Splash, right? You yeah, play I was by doing play for them.
0: Them, but I was doing uh, outdoor at Fox Sports World at that time, and and in my particular situation, I had a chance to do Copa Italia for them. And which was great. And because in the middle 90s, Serie A was the number one league in the world at that time. And you had everybody there. Yeah. And it was great. It was incredible. I mean, uh, you know, Hernan Crespo, Gabriel Batistuta, uh, guys like that that were there. Um, uh, you know, just some of the biggest players around were there because, you know, the Premier League had not started doing what they were doing at right. that point. And so it was still the, the first division in England at that time.
1: Who is your, your, who's your favorite city A t- uh, team? Who do you follow?
0: That's a tough one because <laughs> I don't really follow any particular one. I think it's easy to say Juventus because of all the championships they've won. Um, I pay attention to a lot of teams. My dad and my mom both are from Sicily. Uh, my dad was in a town uh, near Palermo. So when Palermo was in the Serie A, uh, we kind of paid a little more attention Uh, But usually it's the top teams, Uh, you know, the two Milan teams, Juventus. uh, We do have a little affinity for for Napoli because of Corona and what he and what he brought into Serie A. And and that, you know, but but in terms of the really small teams, I mean, here in the the United States, uh, Venezia is making some headlines because they're they're signing a few MLS young players. And but we didn't really pay attention to, to, to Venezia or or Spezia, or, or, you know, teams like that, you know, back then, Torino was a good club. Parma was a good club. Um, Fiorentina was a good club until they unfortunately had financial issues and they had to start back up from Serie C and make their way back up into Serie A. But they've never been the same club since. So I kind of pay attention to everything. You know, my mom, she doesn't speak any English. She's been here 60 uh. years, so we speak uh, Sicilian dialect at her home. And so uh, the wow. Italian channel is on 24 7 there. So when I go over there, <laughs> usually there's, if there's not a, some type of telenovela or a, <laughs> or some type of game show going on, there would be, there'll be, you know, football. And, nice. I'll, and I'll watch the match that's
1: on at that point. That's awesome, man. Yeah, leave, leave it to our, our moms to, uh, you know, that's the same with mine. My mom, you know, she's Spanish. She's been here forever now. But same thing. Nove- it, it's funny. I, I'm picturing this, my my walking in, you know, me walking into my mom's house. Same thing, right? Yeah. Watching her novellas, you know, if it's not, it's probably soccer as well. The Liga MX or, um the, sure. you know, the Mexican national team. But more than anything, it's her novellas. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> and she takes yeah. it so serious. She talks about them like they're real people, right? It's, oh, yeah. my God.
0: Absolutely. And the the unfortunate thing is this, though. When we were kids, we watched American television. We didn't have satellite back then. And my mom could pick up things and she had an understanding she could follow things. But because now that that network is on Rye on 24 seven, whatever she picked up English wise is gone. And that's Mm -hmm. tough because Mm -hmm. now she's 86 years old. My dad has been gone, unfortunately. And to me, and this is one thing I would say to, to anybody, is that, hey, listen, if you're coming from another country, learn the language of the country. It's going to be very important to you. I understand, you know, I'm very honored that I speak uh, Sicilian dialect, although the Italians that I speak to laugh at me because they're saying that's not <laughs> Italian. <laughs> and so. Uh, they but, know
2: nothing. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So, I ain't an American. Of course, they say that. Trust me. Oh, yeah. You know Clubhouse the guys on Clubhouse will say I'm an American without a doubt, but uh, but I would hope that that just for later on in life That uh, the elderly can get around when they have to get around and Italy it's unfortunate There are a lot of elderly like my mom at this point that uh, you know the walls get a little smaller You know, you know mm-hmm. the opportunities get a little bit more uh, difficult to get through when you can't move around quite as well uh, your vision's a little gone. Your your hearing's not as good. It would be great to be able to have a broad band of things to to be able to pay attention to, but the unfortunate thing is you're just stuck in one place. And yeah. so,
1: hopefully, protect, yeah, yeah, we want to protect them for sure. We want to make sure that they're able to um, you know communicate and be able to ask for help. And and you know again, and you know you, you know God forbid that ever were to happen, right? I, I can totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, now. Joe, so you've been through, again, you have, you know, big history with the Galaxy. I know there's been a lot of Mexico players that have, you know, been a part of the Galaxy. Uh, you know, to name a few, right, Campos, I mean, you're talking about right now, Chicharito. But even from there, you got maybe Hermosillo, I believe he played. Maybe Hernandez, who's Hernandez. Hernandez.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So yeah. from those players, which do you think had you know, was left the biggest impact for the Galaxy? You know, that when you think about... The, yeah, I would say Impact as a club, which one do you think has brought, you know, just the name recognition or just something that you feel like, you know what, this is definitely one of the players that has really meant a lot to the Galaxy and brought a lot to the table from all those yeah,
0: players. Yeah, I think uh, it's really hard to say anybody else has been able to overcome what Jorge Campos was. Uh, he's such a big star coming to the L.A. Galaxy and he's still part of the L.A. community. and uh, And so anytime he shows up in the stadium, fans go nuts. Uh, I would would say the other big signing was going to be uh, Luis Hernandez. And and unfortunately, it it did not turn out to be as lucrative for the Galaxy back then in terms of Mm -hmm. uh, the consistent big attendance, the consistent winning. They did get to the final in 2001 with Luis. He scored in that game. Mm -hmm. They didn't win the championship. Uh, But I think by and large, uh, to me, at least for the the Mexican-Americans, Jorge Campos is a, is just a bigger star. Uh, now that may not be the case in Mexico. I don't know, but uh, Hermosillo, yeah, it. He's, okay, yeah, he's he's, yeah. he's a
1: brother. Yep, yeah. yeah. And so
0: Seal yeah. was also, I think, a very good player for the LA Galaxy. Maybe a little bit uh, a little bit too old at the time um, because of the way the league is at that point. But uh, played well. He, I think he had a very good sta- uh, standing with the Galaxy. Um, yeah, I'm lucky because when I was a child, I had the chance to see real Mexican stars with my San Diego Soccers. And so in the late 70s, uh, the Soccers were able to bring in two players from the Mexican national team. And they were Leonardo Cuellar, who was uh, the captain at the time. Mm-hmm. And before he went to Spain for two years, Hugo Sanchez, Hugo
2: Sanchez.
0: played in mm, San Diego. Wow. him as well. That's and awesome. teammates. And so, you know, it's it's hard for me when somebody asks that question because I believe at a very young age I was able to witness Mexican royalty when it comes to the sport of soccer. And uh and sometimes I'll tell that story to some of the coaches in Major League Soccer, and they they say, Well, no, you saw Hugo when he came back and he was old. I said, No, 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 no. I saw him before he went to Spain, and they all kind of stop and look at me. But I was you know, nine years old, but I remember him. I remember him very well, and, and what the player he was. And he was dynamic, and uh, and unfortunately, you know, didn't get the championships here in San Diego where I live. But but uh, it's a great memory. And so those are the, those are the things that led me down this road to to soccer. I was I was very fortunate to to be around some of these guys that turned out to be incredible players. I mean, one of the best players in the world. Uh, during the 78 World Cup, ended up playing in San Diego. Kaz Dana uh, was a midfielder for the San Diego Soccers, and he played about six years for the Soccers. And um, as I grew up, I got a chance to realize who these players were, even though I was a little young when I was watching them, but I was able to learn how incredible these players were because at that time in this country, and even globally, the sport was not... The sport was not uh, followed globally; it was followed regionally, right, mm-hmm. country by country. And so we had some amazing people playing in the United States that we learned later on who they exactly were. You know,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, just being able to see that—you know, him at a young at a young age starting off. I mean, you just sure. saw that's. So that's unreal, right? I mean, Gabby, we're just like thinking, man, that would have been cool to see him in, in person, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Before he went to Spain and did all, all the amazing things he did there. Um, unfortunately, I'm surprised he didn't win a championship for you guys. That's that's a surprising. What do you, What do you think that was? Was it uh, just the, the 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 overall team dynamic? Well, what, what do you think was what was the cause of that? I, Which I think, I'm shocked. I,
0: I think that team, the outdoor team, was just snake bit in terms of they would lose, um, in a shootout that would have led them to back then to a soccer bowl. Uh, they would, you know, they, the one year that I think, you know, and Ugo was already gone, probably they had their best chance. Uh, back then they called it soccer bowl. It was going to be in San Diego. And uh, they get matched up with the Cosmos in the the conference final. And they lose in overtime. And the Cosmos go on to, to, you know, play in the championship. And And so I think that they were, they were the hard luck team in uh, outdoors. And uh, when they went indoors, they were incredible. They won 10 championships. Uh, and I, I think uh, they're still alive now, and they won 15 championships. So they they have a huge name as an indoor soccer team. And I know that that's not the culture we're talking about today.
1: Wow. Well, let's talk about present time now. I mean, you do have, you know, the Alex- Galaxy has Chicharito. And, of course, before then, we had the Dos Santos brothers. I know you have one still. And uh, what you know, I know right, currently right now Chicharito is still, I, I believe, right, like currently still resting up an injury or trying to get ready to form. But, um, yeah, what do you think was the cause for his first season, right? It was – expectations were high, and it's always hard, right, coming into a team, um, a lot on your shoulders, um, so many out factors going into this. Uh, but this year it seemed like it, it turned a different, you know, new leaf. Right. Um, what, what, what have you seen that uh, has been a difference for Chicharito this season – that was lacking the his opening season, if he can well, share think, with us. Well,
0: I think, number one, the pandemic messed everybody up. That's number one. I think, number two, I think the Galaxy, uh, the way things were going from a manager standpoint, uh, they continued to play the same style that they played when they had Zlatan Ibrahimović. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, Chicha's not that type of forward. and uh, And he needs to do his work inside the box, but the delivery has to be different than Ibra. Ibra can play back to goal. Ibra can, you know, he's incredible in the air. Uh, a lot of things, just different players, right? And I, th- I think for Chicharito, I think that the buildup had to be different. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case with the LA Galaxy under their former manager. That's number one. I think uh, he's come out. I think you you may have heard about uh His talking about mental illness and so forth, and that he's overcome that. And, you know, the loss of his grandfather was massive. And I understand how that is. And I think that was there was a lot of different things that led to that. But ultimately, ultimately, I think the Galaxy team last year just wasn't capable of providing him the service that he needs in order to do what he what he does best, which is score goals. This year, it's a whole different story. The club has flipped, I believe, probably eight players on the roster. The the first 11 has, I would say, five to six new players. Um, The the formation is different. The style of play is different. And he's got 10 goals. And unfortunately, he's he's had to miss a little time here with that calf injury. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think he's showing what he can do. Mm -hmm. He's in great shape uh he's he's just not quite yet ready to come back he may be back on wednesday night if he's not back on wednesday i would expect him on saturday when the club is in dallas uh to be back and ready to go um and uh, he'll have to deal with that heat in dallas so
1: yeah and that's interesting what the sport of soccer right a lot of times you know it depending on your the style of the player right their strengths in a lot of times we tend they tend to force some um, out of their comfort zone or what they're known for and as we've seen right it, it just never works out that way so it's it always blows my mind when when a coach or a staff it just tries to force somebody or a player to just take them out of their element and, and it, it never really tends to work out that way I mean am I wrong to, to think that or, or do you guys agree with that where it's like hey this is what their style is they're known for this let's work around that uh, and, and and make that happen but we, st- we, st- we come across those examples from time to time, right?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And, and Gabby, uh, go ahead and uh, jump on in as well, because I agree with that. I think you build your system around the talent that you have. And uh, sometimes I've been fortunate. The Galaxy has had some of the best talent in the league throughout its history. And I think you build that system around the talent and what they're capable of doing as opposed to um, square pegs and round holes. And, mm-hmm. and we see that too often, not only in, in Major League Soccer, but we see it globally, too, that uh, the arrogance of a manager uh, ends up taking a team down, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think, Gabi?
2: Oh, yeah, don't get me started, because I was thinking, I mean, you both know my team, my Chivas, which you always make fun of, my dear Joe. <laughs> what?
1: What does he make fun of? What? What's going on, I Joe? I just said
2: Joe. Yeah, that that's another discussion for another
1: show. Oh, uh, no, I got to know about <laughs> this whole... What. Uh, Joe, come on, Joe. Are you making fun of my our Chivas here? What's going on here? The only reason I would ever, ever make fun of Chivas Guadalajara is
0: because of the fact when they entered a team in Major League yes. Soccer, they <laughs> wanted to expand the brand. And, uh, and, of course, all the fans here in the United States who are Chivas fans... We're not interested in Chivas USA, they're interested in Chivas Guadalajara.
2: Of course. And
0: and, uh, unfortunately, the owner at the time, Mr. Uh, uh, Vergara, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, he didn't really care. and He didn't realize that there was a lot of Hispanic Americans, Mexican Americans living in Los Angeles that might have been fans of America or Pachuca or or Monterey or something else. So when you bring in the Chivas name, they're not going to be loyal to you either uh-huh. and Norns that live in Southern California and all the Hispanic population Hondurans and so forth so ultimately as a business it ended up helping the galaxy more because those soccer fans would say okay no 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 we're not gonna we're not going to migrate this way we're going to stay with the la galaxy and uh, and they shared the stadium at the time and and they had a few good years. They did have a few a few good years, really, uh, 2006 through 2008, maybe a little bit further. They were pretty good. The Galaxy were not, unfortunately. I call those the dark years of the Galaxy. Uh, but uh, but then the Galaxy rebounded in 2009, and, and that was kind of the beginning of the end of that, the little run for Chivas USA. And so when Gabby tells me that she's a Chivas of Guadalajara fan, I, <laughs> of course, have to turn the turn the knife a little bit.
1: Yeah, got got a reminder about that that uh you know, that choice that uh, we you know that was a big part of the history that no longer even, is even, there.
2: Even though Chicharito started in Chivas Guadalajara it, and now it's and now it he is in Galaxy which by has, the way,
0: he still has a love for Chivas of Guadalajara. Oh, of
2: course. Of that. course. I watched him very 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 young when Chivas still played at the Estadio Jalisco. And I saw him. I watch. I, I saw one of his last games. I believe one of the uh, before he went to Manchester United, and it was amazing. And he's 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 great. And he still has a lot of love for Chivas. So watch out. So watch out. <laughs> so watch out. Galaxy
1: is coming.
0: Watch
2: out. out. You watch out.
0: The stadium, and the fan base was not very happy going to the new stadium because they really liked the original stadium, the original home.
2: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. yeah, 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 That's it. So don't make fun of me anymore, please. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. that's, that's 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 for another time. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll we'll keep, we'll keep it in reserve, Joe, in case she does. That does, yeah. All right, let's bring this back again. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, so, that, that's a whole not- another show.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Before we transition, I want to talk about the the um, All Star Games here, The All Star Game coming up here pretty soon because I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, let's talk about the rivalry really quick because we have, you know, you hear at Trafico a lot and how LAFC has joined the league. Um, it's made a big splash, right? They haven't won a title yet, right, Joe? They haven't won a title yet. Not yet. But but they're they're knocking on the door and they're definitely making it interesting for the Galaxy. Do you feel that this has elevator to help the Galaxy to elevate their game, having that good rivalry there? Yeah,
0: I agree with that because I think this time around, as the city of Los Angeles had a second go of that of bringing a second team in, I think the the group did it the right way. They have their own facility, mm-hmm. uh, they have their own identity. They're not sharing their identity with anybody else. Um, they've had some good teams. I mean, they right off the start, they they really came down and played well. Uh, Supporter Shield champions uh, two years ago. Two years I ago. Mm-hmm. Two years ago. Unfortunately for them, not making it to the final. I will say that my Galaxy has the advantage in head-to-head against the LAFC, and and that's a good thing as far as I'm concerned.
1: But (laughs) I
0: will say this, as we continue to grow the game in the United States, uh, what I tell people is that on any given Saturday night when both the LA teams are home, there are now over 40,000 people going to a soccer match uh, in Los Angeles. And it's not necessarily the 27,000 that might go. To watch the LA Galaxy at home, or the thousand know, that fits in uh, their facility, and so, and so that's a good thing. I mean, that's that really is a good thing. That's a real number that uh, competes with uh, the LA Dodgers uh, with anybody else in the Los Angeles market, market number two. Uh, that is something that Major League Soccer can hang their hat on, and it's something to be proud of because we've worked very hard uh to make to make this league uh, successful and we're on our way and i remember the days when we wondered if they were going to close up shop and they almost did uh in 2000 and so uh you know i think we're in a very good spot right now
1: yeah and and speaking of that so we have the all-star game coming up and again it's uh the mls versus the uh, league imx all-star um is this the first time out is this the first time this ever happened joe have we had an iteration of this before in the past it was supposed to happen last year. And last year,
2: happen. yeah,
0: and did not happen. I think what we've had in the past was MLS All Stars against a club from Mexico or a club from Europe or whatever it might have been. Uh, I don't believe it's going to be a meeting of two. This I think this will be the first time we'll have a meeting of two All Stars, MLS All Stars and Liga MX All Stars, which will be a great show. I mean, it really will. It'll be a great show for the fans. And I don't think the stadium in this particular case is big enough for the interest that there will be uh, for the fans. But it'll be a great show. It'll be a great spectacle. And, uh, and sure, you know, Jonah will be there and Chicharito will be there. And uh, maybe even Efrain Alvarez, uh, who is mm-hmm. uh, you know a homegrown talent for the L.A. Galaxy, but playing with a Mexican national team. And hopefully he gets his first goal for Mexico in the Gold Cup. Not against the United States, but hopefully he does.
1: <laughs> oh, it's gonna—you know <laughs> what, Joe? You, did, you just foreshadowed it happening, Joe. So watch out—it's go. gonna I happen. Could, <laughs> I, could be, I could be stung with that one. You never know. <laughs> oh man, but you know what? Um, don't bring up the the, the Liga MX side because Gabby and myself, especially Gabby, is not happy that any none of her chivas have made made that roster that was just released. So, uh, Gabby, what, what 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 are your thoughts about that? Who do you think should have been part of that roster for the Liga IMX side?
2: Uh, for me, Alexis Vega should be there uh, without a doubt. But whatever, I mean, <laughs> he, I mean, he's not going to be there. Whatever. Uh, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, I was very excited because yesterday was uh, the roster was announced, and I was like, okay, at least one of them has to be there. Uh, I, I was thinking Antuna or Alexis Vega, and. Uh, there's nobody there, so that's very like confusing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Giancuna come back to the States, played for the Galaxy, um, before moving back to Mexico, and so that would have been nice to see. I think uh, I think fans really liked him. Yeah. The the LA Galaxy.
2: Yeah, so it's very disappointing. Well,
1: it's, a, it's surprising because again, to Gabby's point, I mean the, the the roster is really stacked when it comes to the Olympic squad, right? And there's quite a bit of Chivas players there. So it just makes me wonder how did they even select them, whatever, you know, but again, you can only select so many, right? And and it comes down to the higher powers who decide this. But let me go to Joe. Um, What do you, you know, again, when it comes to All-Stars, there's always that speculation. Are they really going to play hard? You think that in soccer... It's it's different an all-star game than would say like the NBA, right? Where you know the NBA, they're not trying their hardest. They're just more of a even the NFL. I mean, NFL same thing. It's more of an exhibition. Do you feel that this will be a true match where they're going to actually will show their skills? Or is it going to be?
0: That is a tough one. For me, I believe it's going to be an exhibition because the MLS players in the middle of their season. The Liga MX players are just getting ready for there. And uh, the last thing you want to see is anybody, especially these guys who happen to be the stars, yeah, get injured in a game that doesn't mean anything, especially playing, you know, with teammates that you don't normally play with. And so there's a lot of things that could go wrong. So I think at this point, I think uh, you want to see both teams uh, enjoy themselves. Uh, you don't want to see any spikes high. You don't want to see any any yellow card, red card type tackles, any any of that stuff. In my opinion, um, I just hope it's a nice game. Uh, we'll see some great shots, we'll see some great saves, and I think we're going to probably see a lot of goals.
1: Yeah, I think you make a great point there. But at the same time, I feel like there's going to be a sense of pride happening between these two leagues as well. So there might be. I mean, that's why I feel I think it's going to be yes, exhibition. But I think it's a little mm. bit more competition than you would the other league, especially like the NFL, right? Okay. The NFL, as we know, they don't. Yeah,
0: they're bar- they're barely showing up. These, yeah, these guys will play. I mean, it won't be the old Major League Baseball All-Star game between the National League and the American League, where it really was uh, a big competition among the two leagues. I think uh, I think this will have a competition to it, but I think ultimately, uh, in the back of everybody's mind, don't get it.
2: Yeah, and I I think people are gonna expect a good show. Yeah. You know, they're gonna expect a goal from Chicharito, maybe, and especially fans from Liga MX. Like, oh my God, he's scoring for MLS. Okay, that's, <laughs>
1: that's
2: that's going to be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'll be it'll be one of those like house divided, right? Where you're just yeah. like, wait a minute, you just wait. Hey, we're cheering exactly. for you, but you're like, what? You know, it, it's it's tough. It's it's one of those things that's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like your point is going to be a good show. It's going to be a good turnout. Um, all right, Joe, regarding the two leagues, what do you think uh, You know, MLS stacks up against League MX at this moment? Do you feel that they're still they're pretty evenly matched now, or do you feel that there's a slight advantage still regarding overall talent and, and, and results um, regarding the two leagues? Well, what do you think they stand at this moment?
0: I think, I think Major League Soccer is making strides, but I don't think at this point... It is, uh, you can say that it's really level with Liga MX. Uh, the spending of Major League Soccer is not quite yet where Liga MX is. So you can go through a, a roster. And uh, when you start looking at the depth, players on the bench, players who can change the match, uh, at some point the Major League Soccer teams will run out. Whereas the top teams in Mexico will have game changers that are able to come onto the pitch and so that makes things difficult you know going forward and we've seen that unfortunately with Champions League at this point that you know that the MLS clubs have not yet won a Champions League uh, title whereas you know My LA Galaxy did win at that time it was called the uh, CONCACAF Champions Cup or something like that and that was in 2000 and DC United won one b- prior to that and so once they went to this format, Major League Soccer has not yet been able to break that ceiling. Now we all believe it's going to happen soon, sooner than later, and we hope it does happen sooner than later because it will, it will build the rivalry that I think both leagues really want to see. Um, sure, the Mexican League, I, I I totally get it that they they'll be happy that. You know that day is further down the road because you have more bragging rights along the way, right? But at some point when that happens, I think it will be good for both leagues.
1: Excellent. And again, that's kind of going back to the LA Galaxy and LAFC, right? You have this rivalry. Right. That if it if it's if it's a true rivalry, you're making yourself better, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're increasing the, the the level, and I feel that's it's good for both leagues to be honest, but I agree. They push um, each other, push each other all the way. So Joe, really quick, me and Gabby were talking about Joe. You just have, you know, again, your voice is iconic. People hear you every play by play. Um, How do you prepare for, is this something that you just born with like out of of the womb with this voice of being able to articulate and be able to call plays and be that, or is that something that you worked in your, in your, you know, in your schooling and all your experience? Is that, is there a technique that you have to work on and developing a cadence or the, the, the voice that you have?
0: Well I think when it comes to play by play or broadcasting repetition 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 and as you as a man get more mature your vo- you grow into your voice right uh, you know whereas a young a young adult might still have that higher pitched voice you grow into your voice as you get a little older but but it's really about repetition it's really about paying attention to how you're broadcasting the game uh, if you're doing TV or radio, it is about painting the picture with as few amount of words as possible. So, so you have to get that into the back of your mind. You can't go through a thesaurus, excuse me, and, and figure out the words. They they have to be natural, and I think yeah. you have to be authentic also, uh, because uh, I've seen a lot of uh, announcers who try to be something they're not, and uh, and that sticks out like a sore thumb.
1: Yeah. So, God, what you're saying is, uh, I'm still waiting for my voice, my manly voice, to come in. I'm still uh, uh, waiting for puberty to kick in. Is what I'm, what I'm sensing. Okay. Uh, so, Jill, the reason why we were talking about that is, so I need, yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna practice. I need to, you know, get a thesaurus and articulate these words, but. I feel, Joe, like when your voice, I mean, I think, honestly, if, if, you know, something were to happen and I say, hey, I I need a I need another job or something. Honestly, you can you can get a job anywhere, because I think when it comes to like saying any kind of bad news or giving leaving a voicemail, I think you're going to make it like so smooth. And and, and then you feel like it's a bad news. Right. So um, I want to challenge, see if you can do this for us. Let's say you're going to call somebody. I applied for a job Mm -hmm. and I didn't get the job. Uh, whatever job, let's just say uh, a, a janitor, right? Let's say I was a janitor position, and I didn't get the job. You had the the, the opportunity, you, know, you were given the task to call me and leave a voicemail that I didn't get the job. How would you break that news to me, Joe? Like I, I, oh, I, I'm, I'm confident you would do it in such a smooth way that I don't think that I'm not even, How I'm not even this. being let go. How would I put this?
0: <laughs> it's gonna be good. Hi, this is Joe Titino. Thank you for applying for the position as janitor. For our elementary school however at this time we've made the selection of picking somebody else for that position we wish you the best in the future oh
1: <laughs> awesome <laughs> yes. already i'm like okay well was...
2: you, would, you would be like okay cool thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> you know like thank
1: well, the fact that he said yeah his cadence the excitement but you know but so we want somebody else but yeah was
2: that was so great cheerful. was so cheerful delivering bad news like <laughs> thank you
0: it was funny because during oh you know, during the, the sad time of the pandemic got underway of course we were all not doing any games and uh, and just working with the galaxy said how do we connect with the fans and i said all right why don't we do this tell the fans to send their clips of themselves or their children scoring goals Mm-hmm. And I'll be happy to voice those goals. And, and we did awesome. that so, a lot of the kids, right? And uh, one person sent in somebody, somebody's kid playing water polo. So I had to do a water polo goal call, which I've never done water polo before. And But we had fun with it. They appreciated it. And it's something, one of the few good things that have come out of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to have, that we had ended up doing that.
1: That is awesome, Joe. Awesome,
2: Joe. Hi, can I ask for something, please? Uh, if, if it's possible, uh, can you call a Chicharito goal?
0: Ah, uh, Chicharito goal. Let's see here. Please. Uh, uh,
2: uh, <gasps> okay, and, and don't get scared if I faint a little.
0: <laughs> it's, it's funny because we we do a voice check usually before the the matches, right, on television, and or even on radio, and then the producer will say, "Hey, give us give us a goal call because we want to." set our levels right and so i'll just kind of think of something and say oh the ball coming up the right side here's legit taking it towards goal he'll take it down the right side sends it across chicharito score oh God! <laughs> galaxy take the lead yes
1: <laughs> or something like that that is amazing amazing
2: Joe. amazing and
1: I, <laughs> Gabi, are you okay i see your faint oh, oh whoa. wait wait yeah i'm fine
2: yeah 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 i'm fine take
1: your pulse your pulse are you good Fine. Good. <laughs> so he's a good guy. Chicha's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah I was, so I, you know, let me. I mean, I know we're we're coming towards uh, the top here, but Gabby, mm-hmm. is there anything you want to ask Joe? I mean, there's a lot of a lot we can unpack here, but um, is there any questions you have for him regarding his career, his experience, maybe a, a story, anything that you've been dying to ask Joe?
2: Uh, oh, yeah. Like overall, like, what's the next step? What are you looking for doing? Do uh, do you think you can someday um, call a Liga MX game? That would be amazing. I mean, in English, but maybe if you had like the opportunity to coverage a uh, Mexican game, like a Liga MX game, uh, do you, what team would you like to call or specialize on? Be careful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think there's a setup here, Joe. Yes. <laughs> well, Hugo
2: Sanchez
0: what, was what, from
2: what Pumas, I, right? Yes, it was in uh, Pumas, yeah, uh, yeah, and America, uh, listen,
0: too, I think. No, I don't remember that part. Um, well, right? what, I'll say, what I'll say is this. I have the greatest job in the world now. You do. Okay, And that's and I really believe that. I don't know what is next for me, but I hope, I hope it's not for a long time. And I, I've been doing this 26 years with the Galaxy, and hopefully I get another 26 with them. And then at that point, we'll cross that bridge. But I've had the opportunity to call... Uh, a Gold Cup match uh, between the United States and Mexico. It was at the Coliseum, mm-hmm. and it was uh, the, goal, the game where Landon Donovan scored his first international goal. So I was fortunate enough to be there at that time to call that goal for the USA. And uh, and so I called a little bit of that as well. And uh, I got a chance to bookend it because I also called Landon's last professional goal out mm-hmm. uh, Course. and so with the LA Galaxy so in that regard it's it's, it's been you know quite an honor um, I, I think at some point I mean we're, there's there's discussion of League MX and MLS merging in some way and create, yeah. creating a, another tier uh, of uh, you know what it might be whatever it might be maybe it's a, a relegation of promotion into this new league that they're creating I don't know I don't have enough details but at some point, that would be fun. I did call uh, Galaxy versus um, Cholo's match, a couple mm-hmm. of those. Um, nice. And uh, and so in terms of in terms of announcing a Liga MX match, I think if the opportunity arises uh, it, that doesn't interfere with the LA Galaxy, then yes, I would you know happy to do it. I'm you know I'm not so sure that I'm not so sure that Liga
1: MX fans want to hear an American call their matches, but why you know, not? Yeah, it's, it, it, there, we, there's a lot of English-speaking uh, fans there, Joe. So I think that, that is, I mean, we see like the Chivas, right? Chivas has an English, right. um, you know, and our good friend um, uh, it, it does that too. He's he's out of uh, San Francisco. I'm drawing a blank right now. Help me out, Gabby. What's his name? What's his name? Who are you uh, talking about?
2: Who are you talking about?
1: Uh, 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 oh, my gosh. gosh. Oh, my gosh. What's I'm drawing a mean? blank. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> Don't put the pressure <laughs> on me.
2: San Francisco. Who do you? Telemundo.
1: About? He's from Telemundo. I'm from Justiz. Carlos Justice. Yes, okay. Carlos Justis. Yes, Carlos Justis. Um, he does it in English, right? So he, he's uh, he's able to. Just, so yeah, we're seeing we're seeing quite a bit of that. You know, a lot of these Mexican Americans um that are living here in the states. You know, that that they speak more English now. You know, that okay. that they, they need to see that. So I don't know. Could that be the future? We'll find out, right? We'll. See. I would
0: say it is. I think it is part of the future because I think as as our sport grows. Um, there, there's going to be more talent that is able to find their way into it. I mean, soccer in this country for many broadcasters has been a stepping stone. For me, it was one of the, uh, it wasn't a stepping stone. It was the step. And yeah. from there, I want to stay there and that, you know, I didn't want to go to the NFL or the NHL or, or the NBA, not to say that those people were knocking down my door. I didn't have aspirations for those other sports. I yeah. had my aspiration was soccer. And, and American soccer because that's for whatever reason was in my gut and uh, and I'm happy to have achieved that and fortunate that I'm still doing it
1: yeah and you know what just to to wrap it all up to there joe it, it's interesting you know you mentioned Landon Donovan he played for the Galaxy big icon right when it comes to the Galaxy sure. as well and team USA but he is now the coach for the the San Diego Loyal, right? Which is in your hometown. That's pretty cool too, as well. So look at all that connection happening there. Yeah, he's, um,
0: he's doing well. I mean, the club had a had, a, had a, a tough start to this particular campaign because I also do the Galaxy's USL team, so I've I've, mm-hmm. I've paid attention to everything. And they had a tough start, but San Diego has been on a nice little run uh, and playing well since they were able to finally play home games in their home stadium. They had to play, I believe, it was four the first four games of this season were away for them. And now they, they're able to play home games. And they, and they seem to be on a nice little run and making their way up the table. And, you know, I wish I wish Landon the best, but, uh, you know, not when he plays L.A. Galaxy 2.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's always the way it works out. So, uh, so, Joe, to close out, is there anything, any special projects, anything you want to, or anybody want to give a shout-out to you as we close up? I always call it final words. Anything to close us out with with your, with this episode?
0: Uh, not, not so much. I mean, I really thank you guys for thinking of me. I mean, I, I when Gabby asked me, I thought, well, I'm not so sure that I fit in with your audience, but I'm happy to do it. And, and thank you for, for, for thinking about me and asking me to come on. And it's it's been a pleasure for me. I think, uh, you know, for me, I, I think I've had a, a very good career. Uh, and, and when I get a chance to look back at it, and there are things that I just want to continue doing, it and I'm having everything stop. And when that day happens for me, it'll be very sad. But right now, I'm fortunate to be in the position I am in, and uh, and I will take it. And hopefully, I'm able to get better, game in and game out. And just hopefully, I think never to be complacent or think that I've reached anything, because uh, there's always another step to take.
1: Excellent, Joe. Thank you for sharing that. And, and again, I know there's uh, several more, you know, uh, years at the galaxy. I see that and a lot of amazing things happening. Thank you for taking this time to speak with us today and uh, sharing your journey. Um, Gabi, anything to close out with any final words?
2: No, Joe, thank you so much for saying yes. Uh, I, you, you told me that like, hey, are you sure you're going to be interested? And I'm like, hell, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so great to hear all the stories, especially because um, you talked about Titarito. You mm-hmm. have you see him closely playing and, and developing and getting better and, and dealing with all uh, the stuff that's around him. And it's very good to see because, I mean, we don't have him anymore in the Mexican soccer field but you do and it's very exciting to see your point of view and what do you think about him and me as a big Chicharito fan from like forever uh, it's very it's very refreshing and thank you so much for agreeing to be with us it was amazing I was like like so I'm so hyped right now I'm like like what's happening and it was so good <laughs> talking to you and sharing stories and experiences and I hope maybe we can do it again later maybe yeah. maybe to talk about like mls and league mx and whatever is happening yeah. out there so thank yeah. you so much
1: oh it's my pleasure thank you again yeah joe again it, of course you know in the soccer community you know it, it, it may be small but it's also big right and we all cross paths and we all have the that same passion which is soccer right and uh, one thing that I took away, though, Joe, is again, I love that you you know you gave us something to to learn from. Anybody that's aspiring to, whether yeah. it's going to soccer or anything, that they're like, be be relentless, but in a way that's polite, right? That you're not a bothering it, Be the bulldog, but the nice bulldog with the bow, you know, like right. like what you know with the smile, you know. Uh, but it's
0: called be relentlessly patient.
1: Yeah, at, meaning that it's
0: not going to happen on the first time and you're not going to run people over. You have to continue to chip at it and and then it, it'll happen and it'll you just have to stay diligent.
1: Yeah, and that applies with anything, even in sports. Right. When same thing, you mean, I get the results you want, but if you follow the course, and yeah. persistent and patient, patient.
2: Um,
1: it's amazing what can happen. And Joe, you're a great testimony of that. And I appreciate your story uh, from. California in the San Diego area to Ci- Ciudad Mexico, um, from the hot Arizona. Mm-hmm.
2: El Sargento
1: here signing off. Hasta la próxima, amigos. Thank you so much. See you next time.
2: Ciao.
0: And i had other people saying, well, Why don't you? Why don't you do the, the the Hispanic goal call, the long goal? And I said, well, I said, I said again, I need to be authentic. I think I can't pull it off.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I be yourself. Grew, yeah.
0: Grew up watching a guy named uh, Tony Tirado, uh, who was doing the Mexican League uh, at that time, because we all that's what we saw uh, here, you know, in, in in Southern California on a regular basis. And the, and then Andres Cantor made it the famous call yeah. in the United yeah. States. Mm-hmm. And uh and so now we have a lot of people that try to do the same thing and and you look at and you say, That's not you. That's not you. And Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the young people getting into the business, people that worked for me when I was running the sports radio station, they would be copying the guys at ESPN and the booya and this, that, and I I I pull them aside and say, That's not who you are. Yeah. You, I understand you're excited. You're on a microphone and you're saying "booyah" or you're saying the goal call, or whatever it might be. I said you have to go find you who you are.
1: Your voice,
0: yeah, and that could take time.